Welcome to the Janine Boland Show, where we share tips from around the globe as we guide practical people with their finances using money tips, increase their incomes through side businesses, and maintain their sanity by staying in their creative zone. Janine Bolin here and welcome to today's show where we bring you high quality content on saving your time, saving your money, and how about staying sane during these continually changing phases of life, you know? The Janine Boland Show is a syndicated program of four podcast programs that were combined in October of 2021. We had three-minute money tips, the thriving solopreneur, the writer's hour, creative conversations, and the practical mystic show. These were the programs that we were running since 2017. We've produced over 300 episodes. We've interviewed over 221 guests. And today we will be spotlighting one of our authors that is contributing to the 99 Authors Project. Her name is Lisa Reed, author of the book, Get Speaking Gigs Now. You've probably heard that public speaking is a powerful way to build your business and attract your clients. But even if you have a desire to be a speaker, you might not know what to talk about where to find those gigs, or how to offer your services from the stage without sounding salesy. It's a good thing we have Lisa with us today, because as founder of the Get Speaking Gigs Now, she mentors professionals who want to use speaking to grow their business. Clients who work closely with her get their talk ready to rock, and they build their speaking skills and confidence through her Speakers Training Academy. As a speaker herself, Lisa has booked and delivered over 600 speaking engagements, and she teaches her clients all of the strategies she uses to get booked, stay booked, and monetize their talks. So in today's session, Lisa will be sharing some expert strategies that you need to know not only how to build your speaking business, but also that fun thing for our beautiful debut authors, how to go about marketing your book. So welcome to the show, Lisa. Thank you, Janine. Excited to be here. I'm, a, I'm, I'm thrilled that you're with us today. So I always enjoy being able to ask authors, so what's the story behind your story? I mean, why on earth talk about Get Speaking Gigs Now? Why, did, why build the book? Well, it was actually, this particular book is not my first book, but it's the one I now use the most in my business and the one I'm most known for. And I had hired a friend of mine who, who he became a friend. He wasn't a friend, he was a new friend at the time to help me with my website. And he said, you know, you need a book. And I said, well, yeah, that's on the top, you know, eventually I'll get this one of the projects on the thing. You know, most entrepreneurs know there's always something. And I went to sleep. And he's one of those people who works throughout the evening, all into the hours. And I wake up to my book cover in my inbox <laughs> and it looks exactly like it does now. I changed <laughs> one like grammar thing on it, like one period. I think we added a period or took a period off. Other than that, it looks exactly the same. Like he nailed it. And we didn't even have a conversation. I hadn't even agreed to write, write the book yet. <laughs> <laughs> but there you were and there cover I was, in I was hand. Like, yes, we're writing a book. And he said, like, yeah, we need, you need to do it. And I, and this was like late December of 2019 and it came out January, 2020. Yeah. So we had the quickest turnaround and I'll share a couple of secrets later as we got into our interview of how that happened. But I got to tell you, Janine, once I knew what I wanted to talk about and had a format to follow and it just flowed. It was really, really easy to pop it in that way. And so, and of course it helped that I'd already written a couple other books. So that's, it does that's help. An interesting story about it. <laughs> yeah. It, it does help to have a little, a few under your belt. So what was the first book you ever wrote? Oh my gosh. 
I had been a speaker for a couple years and people kept asking me when I would go speak, they say, oh, well, do you, would you like a table for your books? And I would say, oh, I don't have a book. And I got really tired of saying that. And so I thought, Lisa, you know, you have those conversations with your child, Lisa, yes, we're going to have a book. <laughs> All of us here in my mind are going to have a book. And I thought, well, that's got to be hard. You know, I don't know how to do that. And had all those, oh, I'm going to have to come up with something, you know, all the doubts that one would have it when you haven't done something the first time. And I said, oh, well, you know what? I don't have to do this by myself. What if I just found someone who was looking for authors and I could be in their book and they do all the hard work and I just contribute a chapter and skip along down the primrose path after that. I swear, Janine, two days later, I'm leading my OC Speakers Network, which is a networking group I still have. We meet virtually now, but this was in person. This woman walks in, never met her before, never had come to the meeting. She literally stands up, introduces herself. She says, I'm looking for authors who want to write a chapter in my book. It's this much money to be in it. Would you, I have you know X amount of spots left. Would you like to be in one? I thought I died and gone to heaven. I was like, are you? <laughs> are you for real? Are you for are real? You for real? <laughs> and I'm like, yes, please uh, put me down for one of those. <laughs> and I did. And she handled the whole thing. And all of a sudden I was author boop, on the title. And I thought, perfect. So that's the first time I became an author. That's fabulous. Well, out of curiosity, did you have a marketing background before you wrote your first book? Like Ferris Bueller, never had one lesson, but I, <laughs> <laughs> but I am street smart marketing uh, educated. Yes. <laughs> that's most of the authors that I interview, by the way, most of them are like, no clue. I had to figure it out as I went. Uh, and so talk to us a little bit about what most surprised you about the book marketing process as you were publishing. Um, I don't know if it was the marketing process, but I think about publishing my book, the most surprising thing was how many times I had to read what I wrote. <laughs> and I was not interested in reading it one more time, you know, like, oh my gosh, please, no, please, no. Can I see, can I see anything, anything, yes, read yes. anything but this book? <laughs> yes. And I, I am one of the, one of my greatest gifts is my impatience. You know, I want to get it done. I want it now. I want it all. I want it yesterday, all those things. And so I have learned to in increase my level of patience with the book writing process, realize it's not, that's just part of it. You know, getting the words out the first time is the rough draft. And then there's going to be the other drafts and so forth and so on. And then there's going to be the, and then, yeah. And then there's the marketing. You're like, oh, wait, what? I wrote the book. I'm done. No, 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 you're not done. So it's like looking at it as that bigger project, I think would have been really helpful if someone had said, listen, the writing is just the first part. Then it all starts after that. Uh, and I will say, so I don't want to be able to do them in gloom. Totally worth it. Because guess what? Even though I wrote all those books so long ago, and I wrote this one a couple of years ago, I still have it. So all that hard work totally pays off because you can reap the benefits for years and years and years to come. It, it's true. My first book I wrote in 2005 and I still am selling it because content yeah. is still viable today. So I, I understand what you're saying. So what would you change if you started marketing your book today? You alluded to a few of the things about you would have started earlier, but do you have some specific points that you'd like to mention? I think I probably would, because I never did do this. Um, I would have probably hired someone to create a bestseller campaign and handle it all for me just so that it's done. And it's okay. It's got the sticker and such like that. I am on 
I am an author in several best-selling books uh, because somebody else did it, but they're ones where I did the chapter. I didn't do that for my own book. And, you know, that's, is it that important? I don't know how important it is, but it's nice. It's a nice thing to have. It depends on the personality and what you're wanting to do with the book. For me, it was never important that I be on the best-selling list. But then when I first started doing the self-publishing route, that wasn't even a viable option on Amazon. So when it did come out and I started seeing all these best-selling authors, I was like, wow, they really contributed. They really invested in their own success. And, and that is true. So what worked best for you and how did you sell the most books? What was something that worked well for you? Um, I have Now that I speak mostly virtual, um, versus in person. When mm -hmm. I spoke in person, I would always bring them, but I will confess selling my book is not my main source of income, nor is it my right. main goal. So right. as much as people are like, oh, I want to sell my books. I'm like, well, I actually would love people to join my speakers training Academy program. Cause that's a little bit more money coming in than my book prices are. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> but I digress. And, uh, so I sell it mostly on my website and people will ask me, oh, you have a book. Oh, cool. Oh, I went and bought your book. So we'll have it there and you can, they can just go right to link to Amazon. Mm -hmm. But when you were selling your books, did you sell what program or what was it that you did where you noticed you were able to sell quite a bit, a few more books than what you were used to selling? Did you ever have a project or a program that did that for you? No, I did not. No, because it wasn't my main, uh, my main reason for having the book wasn't book sales. It sure. was the credibility and the things like that. Yeah. So it, you were helping build your authority platform Absolutely. at that point. Uh, no, I understand. Everybody has a different reason, but sometimes we uh, stumble upon an author who has a really good idea. So that's what I was like trying to oh, tease yeah. out. Right. So, okay. Well, and, and then I also like doing the flip side. What is it that you may have done or a program or a project you may have uh, participated in where it was an epic failure at selling your books? I don't, yeah, it's funny. I'm probably going to say similar to what I had said before, but I don't know if I made this mistake, but I guess what I've seen other people do as a mistake when it comes to being an author or is really focusing on the book sales at smaller events rather than offering like a high ticket item. Like people will spend thousands of dollars on your coaching program. And of course that's going to give them the real transformation and help you and your business. And you're going to be helping them versus worrying about selling 10 books at an event, you know, or 20 books or even a hundred books. It's like it, you're, so to me, the biggest mistake is kind of missing, missing the point. <laughs> if you're an entrepreneur with your book. Now I do have other clients who are more keynote speakers and sell their books at bulk rate um, in keynote fashion. And then, you know, that is a big money maker for them. So it really depends, I guess, on where you are on the spectrum of all that. But if you're like a newer entrepreneur or a new coach and you're like, oh, I should write my book so then I can sell my books, I think that's a mistake. It is a perspective that does not serve you well in the long haul because the profit margin is so low relative to other things that you can do that has a very high profit margin or ROI, as we like to say, right? Yes. Uh, so tell us a story about yourself that gets the most laughs from your target audience. Oh my gosh. So I saw, I, I knew you were going to ask me this question. And here's the thing, Janine, I'm a very funny person, but I am not a planned funny person. Like I am not one of those people who can remember the joke. I'll usually forget the punchline or mess it up. Right. But 
I have been told many, many times, oh my gosh, you should be a stand-up comedian. So I thought, well, I'll share a couple of metaphors that I use that get, that I think are fun. And I love bringing fun into what my speaking and into when I'm teaching lessons. And oftentimes I'll use food as a metaphor, like peanut butter and jelly, uh, Barbie dream houses, stuff like that. So I will, or slip and slides, you know, things that were fun from our childhood. Cause you kind of have happy memories when you think of slip and slides and Barbie dream houses and, and peanut butter and jelly. So for example, um, peanut butter and jelly will be a way I'll say you want to, uh, attract your ideal clients through speaking, you can use two different approaches. You can do the peanut butter approach or the jelly approach or the peanut butter jelly approach. And because you want to be sticky to people, you want people to go, oh, I remember her. Oh, she stuck to me, right? So peanut butter would be, oh, how do you um, solve problems for people? Like for me, if someone is an entrepreneur who has a calling to speak, but they don't have their talk done, that's a problem. So I'll solve that problem for them. Like, well, let's get your talk ready to rock. Right. Now, Jelly is sharing the story like about that. So I might say, oh, I had a client. She's super confident. She, she, um, you know, really strong, really smart, very confident in speaking, but just didn't ha have confidence in how to put all her thoughts together. She knows so much. How does she dial it down to 30 minutes? So then we worked on getting her talk ready to rock. And then she was able to speak in front of a hundred people and so on and so forth. So that's the jelly approach. So you see how like they could kind of be separate, they could be together and people like that. And that's one of the beautiful things to do when you are speaking is use <laughs> metaphors, use metaphors so people understand what you're saying because as much as we would like to think the English language is the same, it's not, depending if you're on the East Coast, the West Coast, the South or the North, it is amazing how those definitions will change depending upon your region. So metaphor, metaphor, metaphor. <laughs> Very important. So uh, let's go on to the next question. What's the biggest change that you've seen in yourself since you started marketing your book, Get Speaking Gigs Now? Because that was such a whirlwind project for you and it was dumped in your lap, like handed to you by somebody. That you yeah, really hadn't even touched. <laughs> I know, right? So it was such a different and unique thing. I'd love to hear how it's changed you. It was, I was voluntold. Um, <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I think for me, it's more of an emotional change. I don't worry about getting my book done. In fact, I just got off a call right before this interview with a new, brand new client. And she says, so do I have to write a book now? And I just said, oh my gosh, no, you don't have to do anything. <laughs> or should I write a book? I said, no, you don't. But if you want to, then yeah, let's talk about it. If you, if you'd like to, if you, if you have a desire or you feel like you, you know, are called to, then yeah, let's talk about it, but you don't have to. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I I'm, but I'm so grateful that I did it. I no longer worry about getting it done. I may write another book, another, you know, in the future. I may not, I don't know, but I did just record my auto audio book of the, so I went and read my book and I'm going to launch it that way. That's kind of fun, a different way to launch your book. Yeah, it is. It's a whole different process when you do it that way. So for our debut authors who are just getting their teeth wet or, you know, just biting into that uh, publishing industry, what are the top five tips that you would give authors that are selling their books now? Oh my gosh. So this one's from one of my friends, Jill Lublin. I don't know if you know Jill, but um, I'm going to demonstrate it on video. Some of you are going to see this video, but I'll explain it for those of you who are just hearing the audio. You always want to handle your book with care 
And so say you're, imagine you're in front of an audience and you're holding up your book. You're going to hold it up to your face. You're not going to cover the cover with your hands or your fingers. So kind of like, think like Vanna White, you know, like you're on the prices, right? And you're going to hold it up there for what might seem like a really uncomfortably long amount of time. And you're going to hold it right next to your face so people can see it. And they're not staring at weird parts of your body right? And you're just going to let people take it in and look at it. And as I'm doing this, you just got to imagine I'm holding up the book. I'm still holding up the book, right? For Janine is like, I got it. I could see it. But if you can't see it and you don't want to like throw it down on the table, you want to just hand it, handle it like it's a valuable piece of, you know, like it's a vase or something and you gently can put it down on the, on the table. So you're treating it with care. And I think I see so many people flip and flopping their books around and tossing them around and holding up really quick and saying the title really quick. <laughs> like, no, give it a minute. It's like a piece of art. <laughs> so that was probably like seven tips and one tip, but that's my first. <laughs> I think that is very important because it's one of those things that I was taught when I was living in Japan. Uh, that you would always gift somebody something, you always gave it with two hands. And so I was so used to holding things as, when I gave them to somebody very carefully. It was natural for me to do that with my book. However, I did not know the hold it up for an inordinate long time. So I just <laughs> learned something new. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Um, number two, always have them on hand. I, I've been guilty of this where someone's like, oh, I, I'd love to have your book. Do you have a copy? And I'm like, do I? <laughs> I don't know. So now I kind of usually have them in the, I'm not when I go to the grocery store necessarily, but if I'm at a networking event or some kind of professional event, I will usually have them on hand. I always, oh, which actually, um, hold on, another tip coming, but third tip, know the title of your book by heart. So mine's kind of easy because it's the name of my company. I did that on purpose. To <laughs> 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 help my brain. <laughs> yes, yes. Get speaking gigs now. And if you can, I had learned this tip from someone else. Uh, he said, if you can name your program, your book, and your talk, your book, um, sorry, your website, your book, and your talk, the same title, that's a nice trifecta. Now, my talk is not called Get Speaking Gigs Now, but it was in the beginning. So that's another little bonus tip. Number four, have your book on display or books on display in your real or virtual background. Now that we're all on Zoom, why not? I've gotten, I even just leave this up for even personal, I, this is this, this is the setup. And if you know, you're just listening, no, I do have a I do have a real physical copy of my book in the background. It took me a minute to figure out how was I going to do this? Because you think something's going to be easy, but virtual backgrounds aren't, aren't <laughs> They're not as easy. all done before yeah, until a couple <laughs> years ago. So it did take me a little while. I finally figured it out. And then number five, update your social media links to list your book and add that author as a title. Different programs like LinkedIn or Facebook will allow for, you know, oh, an event that you just did could be authoring your book. So make sure and fill that in. Like, you know how, when you say like you go from single to married on Facebook, you can go from, you know, no event. And then all of a sudden everyone knows you're an author. So it's sort of an easy, free way to announce to the world that you're an author and LinkedIn, you can do a similar thing. Well, thank you so much for those five tips, especially the bonus rounds that you gave us through each one. That was lovely. Absolutely lovely. So what is the one thing that you most misunderstood about being an author? 
I think it was the amount of energy it would take to edit that first book. I, <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie here on your show. I'm going to be really trying. I cried. I cried to me. My, this was the first book I wrote on my own. It was about management. And my mom was my editor, which probably allowed me to be a little more vulnerable. And she is actually, a. Uh, she was an editor for the LA Times. And so she's a, literally a professional copy editor. So it wasn't like I just said, hey, mom, <laughs> you have no experience in editing. Can you help me? So she was actually like probably a stronger editor than most. And she was like, can we just change the, let's just change the titles of the chapters. And I just burst out into tears. Because I was like, oh, I just want this to be done. It's over. It's not fair. <laughs> well, was she right? Yes, she was right. And it made it so much better. And once I had my little pity party, <laughs> I'm only laughing because we've all been there. I'm only I'm laughing because I understand the pain that you're going through, Lisa. That's why I'm laughing. Yep. Yeah. And I, and anyway, so that was along the lines of having to read the book again. And you know, so. I, I remember the first time that we were talking about how many times we read our first book versus how many times you read your seventh or eighth book. And it does get shorter the more you do it. But that first book, that is your trial by fire. Baby, and I, yeah. <laughs> I was talking to this one lady and she goes, I had to read my book 18 times. And we heard this exasperated sigh in the back. 18, it was 27 for me. I was so sick of my own words by the time I was done. So everybody has that experience that is very similar. As far as the crying, not all of us are, are that vulnerable, but there are times where in my case, it wasn't tears, it was anger, beating my head literally across my keyboard because the words would not come out of my head. So I can definitely, definitely, I have a lot of compassion for you, Lisa. Yeah, I'll tell people, I'll say, if it was easy, everybody would do it, you know? It's, it's true, it's true. It does get easier each time you do something. Like this last book, like I said, it it flowed. It was easy. I mean, it was intense, but it was short and we got it done and it's still paying dividends to this day. So there it doesn't you go. have to be, you know, Moby Dick. It doesn't have to be this big. You know, <laughs> cure to, go, We're not curing cancer here. We're just getting the book done. Let's, let's go. Let's go. And so with that being said, what is the primary thing that was your biggest reward at being an author? I would say definitely the credibility. And once you're an author, that title can't be taken away. You are. Mm -hmm. And that's I agree. powerful. It is very powerful. I agree very much. So once you become an author, I don't care if it's one book or 28, you're in the same league. Doesn't matter. Yep. Well said. Any last thoughts you want to give us before we close up today? I guess just if you're listening and you're thinking about becoming an author, you probably will become one because it wouldn't have occurred to you if you didn't have something to say. I agree. Thank you so much for your time today, Lisa. You're welcome. And that's it. Lisa has answered our questions and we got more information in store for you with her latest work, which you can be found on her website. Go ahead and share it with us. Oh, it's at getspeakinggigsnow.com. That's gigs with an S because of course you want more than one, right? You want to get speaking gigs now.com and you can get five top tips to get more speaking gigs now there. 
Wonderful. And so that's Lisa Reed. And thank you so much for being our spotlighted author. If you are an author or you know of an author that you would like us to spotlight, please visit our website at authorpodcasting.com where you will find the 99 Author Project listed. We talk to all authors, all walks of life as we build out book number 12, which is advice from authors to authors, which is due out to be published in 2023. And this is Janine Boland signing off with you today and all of us here at The Eight Gates that produces The Janine Boland Show. We wish you a wonderful week and we encourage you to get your message, get your story, get your knowledge out into the world and make it a better place just like these authors are doing that we're interviewing this year. And we'll see you again next week. And until then, keep sharing what you know with others. Keep shining that light that is you. And don't forget to go out today and do something for yourself that's just plain fun. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to The Janine Boland Show. Be sure to subscribe to our show notes by going to thejanineboland.show.com where you'll find additional resources as well as the opportunity to sign up to receive our program in your email each week. Be sure to visit our sponsor at the8gates.com. 8